It was a nice uh, service, a nice opportunity for us to celebrate being four years old and uh, just to be able to, uh, to see the chapel full, and, uh, which it almost is this morning. Y'all did a good job of coming back. Um, but it certainly was, was great to be able to celebrate, and thanks again to uh, everybody who made that happen, and of course to you as a whole church because of all you do each and every week. Well, Louis C.K. is a comedian. You probably uh, have heard some of his uh, comedy before. Uh, but he has a great bit that is called Everything's Amazing, Nobody's Happy. Have you heard this one? The gist of how it is, and, and by the way, I was going to play it, but I learned a long time ago, well, not so long ago, with my wife, the first lady, who uh, took my parking space out here, by the way, uh, that uh, I probably need to filter those film clips a little bit more after the last one that I showed. I'm a, a little hesitant to just show any clip, especially with this particular one. But the gist of how it is, uh, how he describes it is how we have all of this wonderful technology and innovation, but people still are unhappy. People still complain. In part of the bit, he talks about flying on a plane. He says, people come back from flights and they tell you their story. And it's a horror story. They say, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. And then we get on the plane and they made us just sit there on the runway for 40 minutes. And I say, oh really? And what happened next? Did you fly in the air incredibly like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight? Everybody on every plane should be constantly screaming, wow, you're flying. You're sitting in a chair in the sky. Here's the thing. People say there are delays on flights. Delays? Really? New York to California in five hours? It used to take 30 years to do that. And a bunch of you would die on the way. Puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Everything's amazing Nobody's happy. That pretty much sums up what we've heard in our text here today with the people of Israel, or the people, these Hebrew people that were being led out of Exodus. If you look back at the text, if you look at it in your Bible or in your bulletin, Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7, lead us through this particular time in their lives as they are moving away from Egypt to the promised land. Everything was amazing for them. I mean, think about it. Think about being one of those people to see all that was taking place. God had heard their cries for help in their slavery. He sent them a deliverer. He parted the Red Sea for them. He vanquished Pharaoh's army. He delivered fresh manna to them from heaven. I mean, not just once every uh, so often, but every morning they would wake up and have fresh bread. Fresh manna there waiting for them. And then He leads them out on a relocation journey to a land flowing with milk and honey. 
it would be so incredible to be one of them. Everything's amazing. But still, nobody's happy. Sometimes pastors feel like Moses. Or if you've ever been a leader, you know what it feels like to be leading a group of people. And the feeling of, I think these people are about to stone me. (laughs) I have been in a few situations like that. And people say in a Baptist church, you're always one business meeting away from unemployment. I think they're about to stone me. They're not only unhappy, they're whining incessantly, as recorded here in Exodus. It says, but the people thirsted there for water. I mean, after all of this took place, the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? I can just hear it now. This high-pitched wine. Talk about biting the hand that feeds you. Poor Moses. Poor God. How can people who had been given so much become so entitled and turn into such whiners? Before we judge them too hard, we must see how much like them we are. All of you have a particular wine, don't you? A wine that you give to God, or maybe a wine that you share with each other. We all do. Have you ever caught yourself full of this same kind of wine that they had? God hears your cry for help in the misery of your circumstances. He delivers you from trouble. He parts the sea for you and gives you victory over your enemies. And you end up complaining about being thirsty, wondering where God has gone. I mean, if we're honest with each other, or maybe if we're just honest with God and ourselves this morning, we would have to recognize we've done that. We've all been this way at one time or another. How is it that we can so easily become ingrates with the blessings of God, whining about what we don't have after God has just given us so much? Whatever the reasons, we can know that such a whine is not good for God, and it certainly isn't good for you. One reason it is not good for us is that it clouds our thinking. The more wine we have, the more clouded our thinking becomes. We lose sight of the larger thing that God is up to in our lives, don't we? We get so fixated on the small thing that we think that we must have right now that we forget about the larger picture. And God becomes for us very soon into our journey of Exodus, a genie in a bottle. And He is this deity we can summon at any time as soon as we get thirsty for something that we don't have. God, why aren't you being summoned? Why aren't you coming forth and doing exactly what I wanted you to do? We become the brats in the family. Anybody have a brat in the family? Has anybody been the brat in the family? I was the younger child. But we become that brat in the family who demands things from the Father rather than trusting in the goodness and the timing of His provision. Nobody likes a brat, do they? 
And yet we all become that with God. It doesn't matter how long you've gone to church. It doesn't matter how long you have studied Scripture and how many songs you know. and It just doesn't matter at all because even then, you can become like one of these Hebrew people. A spiritual brat. When our expectations don't match up with reality, we can so easily become like the little kid at the grocery store who wants something and doesn't get it. You know this scene, don't you? Maybe it happened just yesterday as you were at the store. With this little child shouting and even saying, You don't love me! I want this Snickers bar! You don't love me! Jenny used to have a wooden spoon in the uh, purse. And usually all she had to do was just hold it up and that would typically cure it. It makes for some good people watching. The parents have worked all week to provide a home to live in, clothes to wear, income to pay the bills, and buy a cart full of groceries, only to hear the child question his or her love for him because he won't buy a drink right then. Right? Isn't that what they do? The child is no longer thinking clearly and frustration of the parent shows in what usually happens next. We too sometimes throw ourselves on the ground. We scream bloody murder and we twist ourselves up into a spiritual tantrum with God and we don't think that God is taking care of us. The words of the Hebrew people become our words. Is the Lord with us? Or not? Don't you love that question? I mean, here they are, right at this point of victory. They they are moving ahead to this place that God has described for them as flowing with milk and honey. And they are saying, are you with us or not? As if they were out on their own. As if they even knew where they were going and what they were going to do when they got there. In other words, God, you don't love me because if you did, I wouldn't be this way right now. The more we whine, the more we are no longer thinking clearly, unable to remember all that God has already done for us. That's where another effect of this wine sets in. Too much of the wine that these Hebrews on Exodus had will also cause a condition of chronic ingratitude. G.K. Chesterton must have been thinking of them when he wrote, When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or whether you take them with gratitude. When you start to focus on what you don't have, you forget about what all you do have, right? Just like the people grumbling to Moses and to God, we get hooked on a blessing. There are some people who will only go to church so that they can get their blessing, right? And even if we don't say that out loud, we may be thinking that. If I go, then God will help me out with this project in this next week, or God will increase my income, or I'll win the lottery, or whatever it is. If I do this, then God will surely do this for me. And we get hooked on a blessing. Now that's not a bad thing, and I have thought about 
preaching that way to you so that every week we'll have huge crowds of people waiting to get their blessing. But that's not the way God works. Our wine shows our thinking that we deserve what God has so graciously given. It's a form of spiritual entitlement. A wine that leaves a bitter aftertaste with a little hint of resentment. Our wine also shows that we question God's best intentions for us. It reveals that we don't trust that God really knows what we need in life. I mean, we say that we believe in a God who can do all things, a God who has created all things that we see around us, a a God who can roll away the stone and resurrect Jesus from the dead, a God who can deliver us from our sins and cleanse us completely. And yet we end up doubting if God really knows what He's doing. We, like the Hebrew people in the desert, start thinking that God has abandoned us. Just like they said to Moses, you got us all the way out here and we're going to die of thirst. I mean, we could have had it so much better. Or we did have it much better back in Egypt. I mean, at least they had pots of meat and plenty of water to drink. Yes, they were in slavery, but at least they had something to eat. Yes, it was a good idea to come and rescue us and get us out of here, but we no longer trust the Deliverer that You sent to us. At least it wasn't this hard back when we were in bondage. Have you ever felt this way? The circumstances of your life grow more difficult as you set out to where God wants you to be. Maybe someone told you that if you go with God in God's direction, that the road will indeed get smoother. That your bank account will overflow. Your cravings will stop. That your disease will disappear. That your depression will just suddenly lift. Or that your dreams will all come true if you just live for God. Disappointment sets in when you hit the first bumps in the road. Finding that it isn't turning out the way that you thought it would. We soon end up saying just what the Hebrew people said. Is the Lord with us or not? Lord, I thought you were with me. So where did you go? So maybe you are convinced that this wine is not a good choice. It starts out tasting pretty good, but it makes you sick in the end. Is there an alternative for you when you were thirsty? I mean, what are we supposed to do? What's better than wine? Trust. Imagine how better the trip would have been for the Hebrew people if they had chosen to trust rather than to whine all the way to God's destination. That 40 years of wandering in the desert could have been weeks if they had just trusted in God. The joy of a land flowing with milk and honey, which was just over the next hill. I mean, it literally was just over the next hill and across the river. Could have been theirs to enjoy so much sooner. They settled for water when they could have had milk. We settle as well, don't we? Don't we settle? We settle when we are willing to take what is good now instead of what is best later. 
We settle when we would rather have it all right now rather than store away treasure for the future. We settle when we find a deliverer who will meet our needs now rather than trusting in the ultimate deliverer who has already saved us. Why not trust that the God of your past will be the God of your future? Why not believe that the same God who heard your cry and rescued you is the same God who is making a way for you now as you move ahead? Why not throw out the wine and embrace the trust? Let us pray. God, we find ourselves, each and every one of us, right here in this text today. You have blessed us with so much. You have given and sustained. You have rescued. You have multiplied. You have saved. We ask Your forgiveness for the times that we whine. The times that we nitpick You and require You to do things for us. Questioning Your providence and Your love. Help us as we leave from this place today to go as people full of gratitude ready to pass on to others the things that You have done in our lives. Amen.